0: This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, episode one, four, three. Let's do this.
1: You're listening to the Apartment Building
0: Investing Podcast,
1: where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on
0: raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Blanc. Hey there, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Michael Blanc. Today, I have something a little different for you. I have Keith Elias on the show. And Keith doesn't, is not a multifamily investor. He's not an investor at all. In fact, Uh, he's a former NFL player, played some years for the Giants, and the Colts uh, came out of Princeton. So he's basically an NFL rock star, right? And uh, but what's interesting about him, he's now working for the NFL, working with NFL players throughout the clubs in the United States and and helping them transition from, you know, being the man to be learning how to be a man. And so he's a fascinating guy. He spoke at our Dealmaker Live event. He was a keynote there. And people loved him because his message is so universal. It's, it's we're constantly talking about, hey, being in the weeds, investing, financial freedom, and those are all fine, but really question is to what end. And that's the question that Keith encourages people to find the answer to do. So I'm really, really excited. Let's get right into the interview with Keith Elias. Here we go.
1: Keith, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm, I'm Michael, and thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with you today and, uh, you know, excited to kind of get it on with you.
0: Yeah, and so this is a quite a bit of a different podcast because you're some kind of, you know, former NFL rock star, and this is a multifamily investing podcast, so people are probably wondering what in the world is Michael doing, right? But this is a cool thing because you uh, you were a keynote speaker at our Dealmaker Live back in November, and people loved it. They really did, <laughs> and it was just Awesome. Because it really, it, it, it elevates what we do up to a higher level, which is really one, you know, we're doing all these things, we're buying property, we're making money, we're seeking that financial freedom, but really to what end, right? And mm-hmm. this is really your your life's mission right now is really about, hey, what is that? Uh, it's about significance, about legacy. What is life about really at the, at the end of it? But right. I, I want to start kind of a little more in the beginning, right? Because you were kind of this... You are, right, this NFL rock star. You played for the Giants, <laughs> the Colts. And, and just in, in my defense, I know very little about football. Like, I don't watch it. You know, right. I played a little bit here and there. but So other people can probably jam with you 20 minutes about, you know, what's going on with the Browns and this and the other thing. I'm not <laughs> the guy, funny. right? But... I <laughs> Talk about what your life was like, just so people get kind of get the contrast and and kind of the transformation, really. And, and I have, you know, the, the benefit of listening to your story at the event. But you know, what was it like, you know, when you were younger and you were just playing for the NFL? What was important to you then?
1: Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, growing up, I grew up in New Jersey, South Jersey, uh, on the Jersey Shore. And but I don't think that's different than a lot of places in the country where a young man who wants to say, make it in the world. Like one of the things I wanted to be, you know, that, that, like you said, rock star that, that prince of the universe. And for me, football was the ticket. And so I think what I did was everything went into that football basket. My whole life, my schedule revolved around football. And I thought if I can make it to the NFL, then I would have everything that I ever wanted or anything that I ever needed. And then a funny thing happened. I I got it. Right. Um, So four years of high school in Jersey. Then I went over four years at Princeton. And and then, man, then my rookie year on the New York Giants, all of a sudden I had everything I ever thought I wanted or needed. And whatever you think that NFL experience is, it, it is to a certain degree. Like, you know, at four years four years at Princeton, I couldn't get a girlfriend. I couldn't get a date. And, uh, you know, one week on the Giants, and, you know, all of a sudden I guess I got really good looking. <laughs> no, but uh, – but all of a sudden, you experience this accelerated life. All of a sudden, it was, you know, I was popular. I was, I did have money. You know, like most people in college, a 100 bucks lasted a whole semester, right? <laughs> and now all of a sudden, I had money. I had a car. I had, you know, I was popular. And what happened to me was that it was supposed to feel perfect. It was supposed to be everything I wanted or needed. And then I realized that it, that it wasn't, that somehow... I climbed the ladder of success, but that ladder seemed to be on, on a wrong building, and it, it wasn't real. That no matter how fast my car went, it didn't outrun my problems. No matter you know what fancy shirt I put on, it it didn't you know cover up any hole in my heart. Or no matter what that person looked like sitting next to me, she couldn't make me feel like a man, right? And and so significance, purpose, life. I knew right from my rookie year that playing in the NFL is great, but this isn't it. And so, you know, what is it? And that, and that began a search for me,
0: you know? But maybe you're skipping a few steps because when you're arriving on the scene, you're like, man, I'm the man. This is freaking awesome. Right. I mean, it took you like a week on the job to realize that this wasn't it. I mean, what, what happened? I no. mean, you, you must've gone, this is great. And I'm sure this lasted longer than than a week. Right. So, oh, so, absolutely, yeah. so how long did it take you when you kind of said, huh, you know, maybe this isn't, this isn't what life is maybe all about. I mean, what happened? Yeah,
1: well, I think to your point, right, so I did skip. Right, so that, that rookie year, like, uh, you know, I made it. And, and there was a lot of um, popularity, you know, somewhat fame that went along with it. I was on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. I was on nice. Good Morning America with Charles Gibson. That was, you know, cool. And I would experience this thing of being in New York where, you know, you go to a restaurant and there's a long line and you don't have a reservation. But because you play for the Giants, oh, they, you come right in and they set up a table and i 'm not going to lie to you that part was pretty cool, but it wasn 't as cool I thought as being popular right so all of a sudden, when I would talk to to people i couldn 't wait to somehow subtly bring up that I played for the Giants and watch how that that changed and um, But as the year went on uh, it was it was obvious that like it was not sustainable, and that at the end of the day you 're still the same person and so But for me personally, so I went to the Super Bowl that year as a, you know, just as a participant, not as a participant, as a spectator. And I went to a church right before the game. And it happened to be that I heard this preacher talking about the very thing that I was going through that, you know, what is life about? Is it about cars? Is it about money? Is it about or is it something a little bit deeper? And it was that day that I realized that I, I was lacking any sort of spiritual purpose. And so I made a decision that day you know, right before the Super Bowl that, hey, you know what, Uh, God, if you exist, show me, I want to I want to know you. uh, And I want to make you known if it, you know, and and he did, he revealed himself to me and and my life changed. Now, does that mean I left the NFL? No, I went on and played for five more years, (laughs) because it's pretty awesome, right? Um, But it changed my perspective.
0: That's very interesting. Now, from what little I know about professional sports players, and, and I was cemented a little bit by a conversation you, you've had is that most players struggle with this, which is why you're now working with NFL players in their transition to essentially retirement. And because so much of their identity is is tied up in, in what they what they do. But why do most people and maybe I'll just say men, why, why do most people struggle with this? It seems to me like you came to that realization, first of all, much sooner than most people. But why do most uh, most of the players really struggle with this?
1: Well, I like what you said that you most players. But I I think you were right when you said most people. And I think transition is a part of life, and we all have transitions. And sometimes we're, with the NFL, it's a career transition, but it's so much more. Um, but you know, the the dentist who or the surgeon who works forever, then all of a sudden he, his hands don't work anymore. That's a career transition folks who go through divorce, folks who get a bad doctor's report, a relationship that changes. We all go through transition. What's unique about the NFL transition, which is in some ways similar to a military transition, in some ways are very dissimilar, but some ways are similar, is that all your life you've been geared toward this mindset, this player mentality. Your friends are revolved around the game. Your friends with the guys in the locker room, your relationships have. have you know, birth from the game. Your financial situation is all tied to the game. And so now what you have when a player leaves that NFL experience, he goes through a transition in multiple forms. It's not just, it's a financial transition, yes, but it's also a relationship transition. All of his friends and social circle that are in the locker room, they're, you know, they're on mission. So they don't have time. You're now outside of that brotherhood, um, it changes your relationships with your family and sometimes your significant other. Um, but the biggest thing is it many, and many times it changes your relationship to yourself because it is very easy for all of us to identify and find significance from external things. How much more is it for a guy who's played football since the fourth grade who's been treated special because he plays football, gets to go to college for free because he plays football. So he is a football player. And now it's over. You don't get to, you don't reinvent yourself in 10 years and get back in the league. It's, you know, you can do that as an actor. You can do that as a musician. But when in the NFL is over, it's over. And so you've spent 20 years as the football player. And then now it's over. So then that question of who, then who am I? And I think, you know, before we, we jumped on, you said something really interesting. You said, you know, that I was the man and then had to learn how to become a man. And I think there's something very powerful in that, Michael. Like, you know, all my life, I wanted to be the man. And now all of a sudden, I have to realize, I mean, how do I even be a man? You know, and that's transition.
0: Uh, I mean, a lot of people are, they're just consumed with what they do, right? If you're in a a cocktail party, you know, you just ask people, what do you do? And everybody's like, what do you do? And you kind of, you know, you kind of judge or value people based on what you do. Well, you're a janitor and you, you know, classify them here. Well, you're an attorney, classify them here. So we tend to get wrapped around the axle about what we do a lot. Uh, and I observe right. it, for example, some of our coaches. Coaches, they they basically have quit their jobs, which is kind of financial freedom, what we talk about here. And they're in a sense of confusion for uh, several hmm. months. They're home at 2.30 in the afternoon. Their wife's like, what are you doing here? And they're like, who am I? Like, I right. who, who am I? And and they have this sense of confusion. And it sounds to me like with, with football players, it's even it's even compounded like you talked about. You know, and you also talked about life events and I, I see this over and over again where people are rattled awake with certain life events, normally trauma of some sort, either there's a death in a right. family or a health problem or something really bad happens, and they go, "Oh my gosh," and they get they just get their cages rattled you know and I'm wondering, is it really necessary to go through that, or could someone be a little bit more proactive about that? I mean what's yeah. your advice to you know the the average human who's going to work every single day and they're so consumed with what they do and they right. never think about who am I
1: right? I think you nailed it is i think you asked the question who am i into my core because when trauma strikes uh we intuitively go back to that to that place of who am i because identity right is the source of significance and but identity where you find identity is so vital because if you find it in the wrong places um, if you find it in relationships if you find your identity or significance in the arms of another person if you find it in a job if you find it in finances then all of that stuff is tenuous. All that stuff can go away. It's ethereal, right? But when you, when you have true identity, you know who you are, who you were created to be, and what your purpose is that goes beyond a job title, then I think then, then you're more able to, to stand on, on a firm foundation that when, when the storms come.
0: All right. So you talked about it. My question was, why is it so important? Why should we spend time thinking about our identity? And if we don't do that, what could happen? Why? Why just? Why should people start thinking about going from this call and going? Hey, you know what? I got to start thinking about who I am. Why is that so important? Because
1: no one's immune from the storm. No one's immune from transition. Because these things are coming, and if they haven't, and, and most people have already experienced it. If, if I talk, when I talk to guys, there are so many times where I will talk to men where much a lot of their identity was formed in their early adolescence and teen years and formed in bad places because of what people spoke into their life. And so I would say we're already living our false selves to a certain degree because of the baggage, you know, that we carry from, from a life of pain, right? Life is about pain. Life is about change. But when you, when you can reconcile your story within your identity and your significance, man, you can change the world and it starts with your own heart.
0: Now, you travel the country from uh, NFL clubs and you're really yes. advising counseling uh, players to be proactive about that even before they retire. And you're working with players even after they retire. But what is, what is your advice to, to them about uh, helping them figure out what their identity is so that they're prepared?
1: Well, I think, first of all, they, the one thing is you have to get them to, to see that the NFL experience is just that. It's an experience and not a career. And so when you get to, there's so much life ahead, and we start to have those conversations around, you know, when this circus leaves town, when this thing is over, what's your day-to-day going to look like, you know? And that that all of a sudden leads to those questions of purpose, questions of relationships, certainly questions of finances, or and and you know, and purpose goes even beyond occupation, right? And so when you talk about purpose, then you're able to ask the questions of, so then who are you? Like, why were you created? And um, you know, I think. Mark Twain, I think he gets credit for saying that the the two most important dates in a man's life or a person's life is the day that they were born and then the day they figure out why. I think he said that. And I think that that's pretty profound. Right. And so we know that identity and significance is tied to that. And then from that, then and then once we from that, then then you create a culture around you, a family culture, a business culture that then allows you to operate uh, in perfect alignment with your values and with your core of who you are.
0: I think you're referring to living a, t- a life intentionally, right? Right. Around yeah. a certain value system that helps you make decisions and in order to come up with those values, you kind of figure out what's important to you, who are you at at the core and and kind of what is your, what is your life's purpose? I mean, what's, what's kind of, what's kind of your, your counsel people who are trying to, let's say they're, they're asking themselves that question. Hey, what, why was I created here? What, you know, what, what do you see, what helps people kind of get to the bottom of that? I think, for me personally
1: it's tough to talk about identity and significance apart from spirituality because i think like when everything is temporal unless you have eternity and so if there's no eternity almost none of it matters because you're going to end up worm food right so i think that that becomes part of the part of the discussion a lot of times i talk to people i ask them about what do you stand for you know what are your core values let's start there because a lot of times that's a that's a that's a pathway into identity so if you tell me, well, I'm, I'm honest or I work hard or, and I say, well, where did you learn those core values? Well, you know, I like, to, I tell the truth. Where did you learn that core value? You know, why does that make up who you are? And then we can kind of backtrack into that. But for me, as you know, like I've, I've always said, like I found my true identity when, and I find my, my identity and my significance in my spirituality. Like I, I am because of who God is and what he's done in my life. And so that's, that's a foundation where then that sets my priorities and that sets my, my purpose, my, my identity, so that I know there are certain things in my life that I will never do because they go against my core values of who I was created to be, if that makes sense. So what do you feel your, your mission is right now? To awaken people to their true self, to awaken them to their potential, and to awaken them to, to, to the truth.
0: Yeah. So awakening them to their true self, you're kind of equating to their true potential, which is which is a bit odd right and and, and a lot of people say, oh well, spirituality is kind of a kind of a crutch and you know if if we're truly powerful, why even you know deal with spirituality? why do you think that figuring out what your true self is and, and really thinking about spirituality actually unlocks potential that we might not otherwise have I think partly because we we know that we're we're weak, and I think this is one of the reasons why
1: I think there are so many football players who understand and have embraced spirituality because football is it's like a microcosm of accelerated life it is physically faster stronger painful than anything you're ever it's harder than anything you could ever imagine it is chess meets ballet meets war like like you know not not to overstate the it's not war like the bullet piece but it's it's a bludgeoning sport and so what it does and, and you, again, you have relationships, you have all these things. So, but what it does is, is it gets you to realize that you can fail, that you have a certain amount of insignificance, right? Even though we're talking about significance, like there's a part that, like, you get hurt, the next guy gets up, and that, and it drives you to a place of humility where you're, you can more readily step outside of yourself and say, "Man, life is bigger than I am." Man, there, there's a billion people that live in this world that are never going to know me. And they live and breathe and go, and not by my hand. And so for me, I know that sometimes we, we paint those who have a, um, a you know, belief as arrogant. It's almost, sometimes I look at it as, man, how can you think that man is the greatest thing in this, in this universe? That, that to me doesn't, doesn't compute. There's, that we are so small. When you really take a step back, and think about it. And I know that when I face worry, fears, and doubts, there is a God in the universe who doesn't. And that's very comforting.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it sure is. I mean, we talked about uh, the process of awakening, right? So we're all going 100 million miles an hour, right? Oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. And, and the, the process of awakening really isn't, doesn't come natural to to most people. And you're sitting across from someone having a cup of coffee, and you know they're asking, Keith, I want to be awakened, right? What do I? What do I do? How, what is the process of you know of, of go, even going down that path? Well, I mean, I think I would ask them the
1: big questions, and I would actually ask them to ask themselves the big questions. And the big questions are: Well, do, do you believe in God? Do you believe in, in a God of a universe that that? And if you do believe in God, who is He? You know, because you, you can have the God of the Coke machine is different than the God who died on the cross. And so, you know, understanding who God is is to me paramount in that discussion because i think again like if you know i am who 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 he is and what he's done in my life you know i believe in 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 jesus who died on the cross right and so that i can't divorce myself that that makes me who i am i think that's that's a core part of identity and significance and so if i am talking to somebody about that that's a question that will come up now it may not come up the first time we talk right but i think i think it's just so integral to to truth that it's a, it's a conversation that that happens if that
0: makes sense yeah I think you got to start asking these kind of questions and uh, you know in, in the old days I used to kind of belittle the whole you know introspection reflection you know prayer meditation spirituality thing and and I know no longer believe it I think I think it's uh, it's empowering to basically it, it's it's counterintuitive I think the humbler I've become. You know, I don't know. The the success is not the right thing, but the more, the the more um, you know, fulfilled and and more my adventures, my life has become. Really, honestly, and and I think that's really, really cool. But I think you got to make a priority in your life to start asking these kind of questions. And then you talked a, a little bit earlier about kind of sending values in a culture. Uh, which comes out of that, right? So once you're clear of who you are, what's important to you, then how do you, how do you incorporate that into your everyday life? You talk about values for your family or maybe even for business or your workplace. Talk about what people can do to incorporate these values into their everyday life. What's that look like?
1: Yeah. Well, I will say this first. It's, it's interesting as we, we're talking about the existence of God or, or spiritual. I think, I think if people take, if we all take a step back, I think we all would believe that we have a soul. Right, and that's a place. And then, and then, so, and we, if you look on the internet anywhere. We tell you a thousand different ways to manage your money, a thousand different ways to eat healthy for your body, a thousand different ways to think, self-help, and all that. But we don't talk about soul care. How do you care for your soul? How do you, how do you think about things that are spiritually good for you? Nobody looks at themselves as, as the villain uh, of a story or anything like that. But yet, we still find ourselves in those places where we will. Cheat on our significant other, cheat on our taxes, lie to the people who are most important in our life. And and that actually wounds our own soul, right? It devastates us. Every man that I've ever talked to that has ever committed adultery on their wife and lost their children and lost, they are in a prison of their own making that is horrifying to behold because they've wounded their own soul. But we don't talk about the soul in terms of priorities or decision making. But that goes directly into when we talk about building a culture. Once I know who I am and I know where I find my significance, then I know what my values are. And so if my values and in my in my home, if my values are truth and compassion and bravery, right? Well, then I can never commit adultery because it's not the truth, it's cowardly. I'm putting myself above somebody else, right? And and I made a promise to my wife. It's not compassionate toward us. So as I if I define who I am, then it leads to these values. And they don't always have to be, I mean, for a business or for a team, hey, we're a team that plays fast, we're a team that plays hard, we're a team that sticks together. These are the values. And so when you hit the tough times, you fall back on those values. That's your culture. And uh, you know, and your culture, a strong culture, will be strategic leadership any day of the week
0: yeah and you talked about incorporating these values into your family you guys have Mm -hmm. actually defined what those values are yeah and you talk about them a lot and and it helps you make your decisions that's Uh, right yeah so give some examples of how you you use that in your family
1: yeah, so so it 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 actually number one we have the, you have my my priorities right it's God my wife my child my you know my job and then we go on down the line but but also when you have a set of core values that and so my wife and I we went through a list of like three hundred words to find what really defined us and the four words that eventually we whittled down to were uh, truth compassion bravery and adventure and the adventure one's very very powerful for us because you know when I go to catch a flight and my car doesn't start. That's a big issue, right? But we call it, hey, I'm on an adventure.
0: My wife started using that same thing. Every time something goes wrong, hey, we're on an adventure. And that's, it's, it's helpful. <laughs> I love it.
1: Yeah, because that's, we're, we're created for this adventure. Yeah. But, um, you know, when, when truth, truth and bravery, when they combine, that's integrity, right? I mean, that's character. And so because I'm about truth and because I can't make decisions based on fear, I don't cheat on my taxes, right? So, um, and 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 the, or 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 anything. So those those values they form your decisions, and it makes life so much easier. So if you're in a relationship where you're married and you tend to keep facebooking this one person, and then you know, and and you're like, wait a second, you start, you get that little voice that starts to tell you, man, I'm on dangerous ground here. I'm starting to all of a sudden, your core values say, wait a second, I can't do this. This isn't me. This isn't true. This isn't brave, right? And so it helps inform how you make your decisions.
0: And which affects your behavior, right? So we talked about was, being right. being clear of who we are. Out of that, we can get values. And we keep dancing around the third thing, which is kind of this thing about significance mm-hmm. or legacy. T- talk about why that's important and, and how to kind of start thinking around about that.
1: Well, I think it's important because it's innate. I've never met anybody that didn't want to have a destiny and leave behind a legacy, right? And, but that all starts with identity. And, and I find, I find it's really interesting when, when folks make, you know, that, that upper echelon, that 1% of money, the next thing you see on invariably is some sort of foundation to help the world because they're like, okay, look, I this isn't it. I can't spend my life, you know, playing golf and video games. There has to be more. And that legacy, once again, springs from where you have your identity and your significance. And when you're, if if those things go awry, your legacy will go awry, you know? And so it all comes back to this place of who I am. And again, for me, who I am is who he is and what he's done in my life.
0: That's a good point. Now, do you have to, does someone have to be successful before they can become significant? Or could someone skip skip the step of success and become significant, I guess, earlier on or before being successful?
1: That's a great question, Michael. And I think that the, the most important place to find significance is being significant in the life of someone else. And so today, when I, when I got to, to New York and I'm in the NFL office right now, and, and I said to myself, I was in the subway, I was like, all right, you know, is there, is there someone I can help right now? And is there somebody, you know, and and I, and you begin to look intentionally to, to try and be, you know, somebody to, to be significant in the life of somebody is, is the truest form of significance.
0: Yeah. You have been uh, such an inspiration uh, to me and I know the people at the event and now on this podcast which is why I brought you on. I think this is a really really important message because you know, we're focused on financial freedom which 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 is important. Uh, it, it it allows the thinking to expand to include mm-hmm. things like significance and, and legacy. And I do think the two are linked to some degree. If you're working 50 plus hours a week, it's very difficult to start thinking about who am I? You know, uh, How can I be significant? But I find it very encouraging that people can do that right now where they are, whether they're you know, still working a job or, or not. So you've been really such a huge uh, inspiration, Keith. Uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you?
1: Well, I said that you, know, you can give out my email. It's uh, Keith Elias at verizon.net. Uh, you guys can just Drop me an email if um, some people have asked me for those those 300 words that uh, my wife and I started with to help build their own culture, and uh, and would love to send that to you. And then also I would say this too, Michael, in the beginning of the year, and because um, so I was just actually writing a, an email this week uh, to a group of folks that uh, that I tend to communicate with, and we we always have these at the beginning of the year the you know resolutions, the new plans, the new goals, but. Because we move so fast, and you alluded to this, Michael, that the 50-hour work week and all that, sometimes we don't catch our breath. Sometimes we don't take a step back and we assess. And I think it's very, very important that with all of this, when you hear new information, to take a step back, take some time, which we never do, and assess where we are so that we can make a plan for where we want to go. And I was actually talking to a uh, former player this week, and he told me I could share the story. Aaron Campman, he was a Pro Bowl defensive end for the Packers for a number of years for the Green Bay Packers. And his father owned a lumber company. He said at the end of the year, they would go in and hand count every piece of lumber, every two-by-four, everything, because his dad always said, if you don't know what you have, right, you can't make a plan to get more, be more, or do more. And so what I think that, that, that piece of assessment, there's a valuable truth there. So to take a step back in life, to breathe, to sit back, talk to your wife, significant other, your spouse, and say, hey, where are we in our relationship? Where are we in our finances? Where are we in our relationship to ourselves, to our God, wherever? And assess that, and that will really help you begin to build a plan for your future.
0: That's great advice. So you, you got to make time for yourselves is really what it what it comes down to. You know, taking a day uh, early in the morning, whatever yeah. frequency has really helped, helped me a lot. So uh, I think having that quiet time first really, really helps because otherwise you'll never get to it. There's always something, some fire you're putting out. So That's right. Keith, thanks again. Really, really an honor to have you on the show. Well, it's been my pleasure, Michael, anytime. And again, if anybody wants to
1: get in touch with me, it's just Keith Elias at Verizon.net. We'd love to connect with you about those uh, character traits and anything else. So thanks, Michael. I really appreciate it.
0: I think making time to really reflect on things is really important. And I never used to do this until about three years ago. And one of the things that really helped me for me was a book. I talked about it in my last episode by Hal Elrod, E-L-R-O-D, called The Miracle Morning. It really kind of talks about how you spend time early in the the morning in that first 60 minutes of reflection, of reading, of praying, meditating, visualizing, that kind of thing. Really valuable. And then, uh, you know, Gary Keller, the, uh, the one thing really talks about really blocking time to work on things that are really important to you. So I think that's step number one. And it's really made a huge difference for me as I was getting out of the restaurant mess, trying to figure out what was next. And the answer, you know, that God gave me was blog, tell other people about it, help other people avoid the mistakes you have, help people become better entrepreneurs, achieve financial freedom. And it took me way too long, cost way too much money and time to to get there. And it was really a terrible business plan, frankly. But that's really what came out of uh, several weeks of kind of reflection on this stuff. And I've been doing that, uh, and I'm even taking uh, my wife now to the it's the real estate guy's goal setting retreat. It's in Vegas, uh, end of January. So I'm taking my wife there, and it's really important to involve your family in that. And so th- one of the things that Keith has done very well is he's kind of he's uh, established these these values with his family, and he puts them up in his home, and his family really talks about what those values are and why they're important and it really helps clarify things in life helps you make decisions. So really start thinking about that and making time for yourself because clarity is so extremely powerful. I've talked about that before, but you gotta make time for that. So all that stuff and we talked before about this whole idea of be do have right so you got to be first, so that you can properly do and have but if you don't have your being right, uh, you're doing and having It's that that you know, the analogy that Keith talks about, you know, you have this ladder and you're running up this ladder and you expend energy and you get to the top. You're like, yeah, I'm at the top of the ladder. And you notice it's leaning up against the wrong house, right? And it's like that thing you're doing the having, but the being isn't right. You know, the thing that's leaning against is not right. So really focus on that. It really provides this foundation, the proper foundation for everything else. So just really start paying attention to that. Don't gloss over that. Um, So anyway, so I hope that message you found useful and actionable to you as well. And uh, I'm really excited about uh, we have our next live event called the Financial Freedom Summit that's coming up right before the, uh, towards the end, January 25th to 27th. It's in Washington, D.C. We still got, I don't know, a week or so to go, so it's not too late to get tickets. But it's really a simulation experience where you go through the whole process of buying a 6 unit apartment building. It lasts about a day and a half. You're working in small groups. So it's definitely a workshop, very, very hands-on. And uh, if that's something you want to experience, uh, it's the michaelblank.com forward slash events to sign up so we have about a week or so to go for that and again i'm very excited about our coaching program it's the forward slash coaching you can sign up for a free strategy session and see if that's something that uh, is useful for you not it's not 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 for everybody but I, my observation is that people accelerate their timeline they scale much faster so if that describes you that may be something you want to take a look at so anyway hope you're having a great day catch you in the next episode
1: thanks for listening to the apartment building investing podcast with michael blanc for more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblock.com. There, you can also download the free ebook The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.